0: Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. A very good Saturday morning to you. I'm Mike McNamara, and uh, joined by my friends. Uh, programming note. We, we're we pretty... Uh, we're pretty responsible about doing this, but Sunday, unless something crazy happens, you will not hear from us tomorrow. If something crazy does happen, you will hear from us, or at least whoever will get their ass out of bed. And since most of them don't sleep for shit, other than Will, who stays up really late, um, you have a good chance to hear something, if something crazy happens. Um, and so... Uh, so, we try to do this on a daily basis and uh and and I have to say this I appreciate all the uh responses on twitter uh, and then the emails and text messages p- people have been sending uh saying thank you for doing this and so uh to my uh, companions here um, there 's a uh, a whole bunch of people that um, enjoy listening to the explanations uh the questions that, that we have, you know, from, you know, having lived there for a while, some of us, and then, you know, uh, those of you that have actually done uh, non-combatant evacuation operations. Um, so uh, so a lot of gratitude from a lot of people who, you know, like usual, looking at something on TV, not understanding all of it, and then listening to this and, and understanding even less of it. So well done. Um, uh, with that said... Timmy, uh Greater Afghanistan, Kabul and then Kabul airport. Go ahead.
1: Okay, in uh, Greater Af- Afghanistan there's there's essentially no news coming out at all. There's no uh reports of heavy fighting. There are reports of revenge killings uh increasingly in the uh in the international press, but but I I I I don't I don't I don't know how much credence to give those. There's there, no doubt that they are happening. We don't know what scale they're happening on. And that's that's just the way it is in Kabul itself. You continue to have problems with uh, um, uh, with with the screening at the airport, and I'll address that in more more specifically at the, uh, at the end of the show. But there is also a series of photographs that are rather disturbing of babies being handed over to Marines, and then Marines sitting like they've got this baby behind and they're just happy with themselves. I'm not sure that's a smart idea. I don't know what's going on. For all we know, those were Babies that needed to be hydrated, and they were returned to their mothers after they went and saw the doctors. We don't know, but that well, was I'll tell just what. something if, I don't like seeing.
0: Yeah, the, those pictures. Um, I want to say that baby's in was the father ultimately got inside the compound. Uh, baby given back to the father, and the baby and the father went to Tajikistan. And I saw a picture uh, of uh, a nurse with with the baby and the father in Tajikistan, if I am not mistaken so um oh,
1: that's yeah. that's that's good
0: news right i, I did not see that. i yeah, just saw well, those pictures of, but again i remember you right. know a few, you know the when we first started this you know will and jeff's description of hey you go to do a neo right mm-hmm. and you're delivering babies all different things timmy you delivered one and you know uh off the yeah. coast of beirut and you know people are having heart attacks diabetes you, i mean you begin to run this emergency medical event And, uh, and, and so, and then you, you're seeing it, those dramatic images play out of some, I don't know, Lance Corporal reaching over as somebody hands, I mean, a, a tiny, looks like newborn baby, you know, or not very old and, you know, gets pulled over the wall by, you know, United States Marines. And then there's a, what was the second picture of somebody in all their battle rattle holding this tiny baby. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, the Marine Corps recruiting force being what it is, that thing's everywhere by now. Um, Hey, you want to be a Marine? You want to go do good in the world? We've got a deal for you. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, so I interrupt, yeah. keep going.
1: No, 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 that that's okay. Uh, as far as the people that uh, I've been tracking, I've lost, they've all gone dark, uh, with like one exception. Um, I don't know if it's cause they don't have their phones topped up or they can't get them recharged. I don't know why but they've all gone dark my uh the one woman with the two american kids that i said had gone to ground remains in ground she's not budging unless somebody comes and gets her and i'm not too positive about how that's going to resolve itself and that's 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 where we are we're sitting here depending on the taliban to to allow us to keep this going and they're obviously blocking people from making it uh, also the note i'm not put these in the chat function i've i've put two maps up these are done by uh by um, uh, Americans who are in Dubai, frantically communicating with these people, trying to guide them into the routes that are safe. So there's a there's there's a route map up there, and there's also a crowdsourced Taliban checkpoint map up there, and that's all being coordinated by the Synergy Strike Force out of San Diego, who have who have got to Dubai. <laughs> so there's a tremendous effort being made to avoid the Taliban. Taliban are 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 continuing to to gather information, impede progress to the airport. And uh, there's are now several Americans who are trapped and being followed by the major network news. I saw at least two. So it's it's a pretty crappy situation.
0: So in terms of airport, has been open and then closed at times. The status of the airport currently is open. Open to the best of my knowledge. Got it.
1: Open to the best of my knowledge. But uh, yeah, they they suspended flight operations when they started chucking tear gas at the crowds. They got to. Them. It's not that big a place.
0: Right. Um, ABC News report kind of from 37 minutes ago, Taliban fighters are, quote, intensifying their hunt down of Afghan officials, security forces, and police and punishing their families when they can't find them, according to a new private intelligence reports, according to new private intelligence reports obtained by ABC News. So, uh, again, Timmy just mentioned that, but you're seeing more and more. Reporting of that, in fact, uh, by the mainstream, uh, by the mainstream media. All right, hop to the upside. Jeff, Will, any observations on uh, uh, the last 24 hours? It seems like kind of things have stabilized in the airport, at least from my perusing of the news.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, all those things that you kind of, you and Tim mentioned, um, they got to be... even putting even more of a sense of urgency on getting as many people out as quickly as, quickly as they can and there's uh, some you know stupid but believable stories about bureaucracy impeding that you know in regards to uh, state department rules about visas and so forth in some uh, you know in some cases but the uh, the longer that they stay in this status the more chance there is for a gunfight to break out between Taliban people and uh, our security people who are in there—Marines you know, or soldiers—and that's what uh, I know. That's what they dread, right, rightly, rightfully so. You know, in, uh, in the DoD and in the uh, the White House. And so. The, the, uh, what probably will happen is they will speed this thing up as much as they can and get out of there as soon as they can without – the hopefully before an incident like that happens or a series of incidents like that happen. And in doing so, they will inevitably leave people in big numbers who will have the ability <clears throat> to get the word out that they're stuck in there still. And that will be a poignant thing and will be <laughs> juiced to the max in the, uh, in the, main, in the media, on the news. Right. And so I think that's the big tension right now.
0: Got it. Will, any thoughts on the operations at, uh, at the airport?
3: Yeah, first, item one, you said we're only going to come on tomorrow if something crazy happens. <laughs> uh, I mean, crazy, you must adjust your crazy meter because I think something crazy yeah. happens yeah. every day. I've raised my Been level redefined. of
2: squelch.
0: <laughs> yeah. Item
3: two, I, I, I saw a report, and I'm looking, I can't find it, that said at one point uh, there was a bit of a slowdown. Because of processing in Doha. Right. And and that really shouldn't surprise you. Because if you think about it. Uh, the idea that we're going to take. Thousands of people. To third countries. Uh, they got to be sustained there. And the governments there. Got to be willing to put up with that. That they're going to have thousands of transients. That are not their national sitting there. And so. That's not a surprising thing. And it's. It also points. That's a planning uh,
0: function, uh, prop, function, right?
3: You know. And then the the other thing that interested me is, and and this is obviously third hand stuff. Uh, apparently, uh, a chunk of the British forces there is. Their SAS, Special Air Service, you know, those are their elite commando Delta Force type of people. And supposedly there's some conflict between them and the CG of the 82nd, who's in charge of at least the American force. uh, And it's not clear that there's a NATO command structure there. And this could be just uh, clickbait type of stuff. But there also might be a legitimate... Uh, conflict between the SAS and the 82nd if the U.S. has got special forces that are also out uh, clandestinely attempting to pick people up. And so the idea that the British and the French are running independent operations, while it's good for their you know, national citizens, et cetera, it may lead to... Um, you know, you got to be able to deconflict the battlefield out there. And if, and if we've got special forces that we're not willing to publicly say are out there doing the same thing, there could be a conflict. So I, I don't know about that. And then the yes. last
0: well, hey, well let me ask you. Let me ask guys you. Talk to each other. Let me ask you a question, Will? Um, so, no NATO commander there. Uh, I,
3: that I can tell.
0: Right? No. Well, yeah, it's, it's a centcom event. And sent come yeah. is it NATO and so, um, so the Brits and the French show up. We're providing a secure space at the airport, and they look at us and say, "Hey, you're not the boss of me. We're yeah. this is this is what we're doing, and we appreciate the security, but we do not have a command relationship other than we're both here together. Is that I mean, in theory." Might that be happening? Because these reports of yeah, of the du- right, the Dutch, the French, and the Brits going out to go get their citizens, and us staying at the airport because, according to the Sektif, we don't have the capacity. Right, he doesn't have the capability to go do those kind of things. That's kind yeah, of and
3: interesting. When 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 we did the neo in Sierra Leone, the reason we were down there is we were actually going to do a neo in uh, Congo and can can can. Kinshasa, and we had staged in Brazzaville, Congo, and there was an airport there, and there were, it was a multinational, but it wasn't clear that there was a good chain of command and who was going to do what to who, and how we controlled that is we we basically bought all the aviation fuel at the Brazzaville airport, (laughs) and so that you could do whatever you want, you just weren't going to be able to fly anybody anywhere unless you listened to us, so if there's no NATO command structure in place there... And the British and the french uh you know if they don't want to do what we want there's there is ways that we can control them it the The problem is, look, the British Parliament has already come out on record, you know anti u s with this, right. and don't want to get too political, but supposedly when when the Biden administration came in all the people in NATO you know, were singing praises because they did not like the previous administration. So you're burning a lot of political capital there. But again, it also shows that contrary to recent press conferences, we did not have a well-thought-through, integrated plan with our allies on what we were going to do. So Yeah,
2: that's the whole point. I mean, we blindsided the other NATO people who were in there as much as we did the afghans they had no idea what we're doing there's no coordination or anything like that they're willing to stay in they're willing to stay in there for a while and um and so i think you're right they're probably just saying hey look you know you guys kind of like uh you your hands up in the air and said it's every nato nation for itself so uh we're not gonna leave our people in there if we can help it and if you don't like it well sorry and I got a question
0: well let me ask uh-huh. you let me ask you two uh, you three a question Does anybody believe that u s special operations forces are not doing what they do? i mean the most formidable you know we've spent a lot of money developing that capability. Does anybody believe that they're not out um, you know you know in, you know instead of you know whacking people i mean which is what they've done historically for the last twenty years? I mean, does anybody believe that they're not they're not um, rescuing people and bringing them to the airport? Yeah, I would assume that...
2: they are. I right. would assume they are. Yeah, they're... but I don't know. Shit
0: yeah, we're not. I, I mean, nobody. No yeah, nobody's saying shit about it. But right. does anybody believe that that, that 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 that's not going on right now at breakneck pace?
2: You... Yeah, that's usually those SAS guys would be coordinating with them, right? And then they would handle the 82nd guy. Right. So if that's not happening, I mean, uh. It's just another sign of confusion and lack of preparation. I, think. I would, you know, the now, and this may
3: come into what Austin says. We don't have the capacity to do large numbers, so if we've got special forces out there, so the risk reward is the risk is uh, Black Hawk down outside the perimeter, uh, or worst case, you know, MIA that turns into P O W the reward is the high value person were taken out. So I could see special forces (laughs) bring, uh, you know, CIA clandestine agents and, and people like that. But the average American who happens to be married to an Afghan, who's got two kids, uh, that are sitting there in an apartment. I don't think that the green berets are coming for you lady. Uh, no. So, um, th- No, but, but, but I'll tell you what, I, I think it's, it's, a, another question it's a safe assumption,
0: though, Will. I mean, it's a safe yeah. assumption on our, our part. And again, we don't know shit, right, other than when we've operated. Uh, as the years have gone by, uh, our special operations forces are more and more a part of everything we do. Right? We've never been as integrated as we are now uh, with them. Um, they go where we go, and, you know, they tend to do their thing. Uh, when you are a, you know, normal uh, infantry unit, uh, they have a liaison guy who normally talks to you and informs you of what they're doing, and they tell you what they think you need to know for them to execute what they do. They might coordinate with you if they think that somebody might need to QR up for them, but in this case, I think they would go fully self-contained. Again, but not knowing, again, I, I just you know when you saw it in the news yesterday. You know, I think it's a fairly safe assumption that we have people doing some of that stuff. And but as Will points, you know, I, I don't it, agree. You I don't, do not agree with you. Oh really? No. Why? No. So you no. you don't think thing, our special operations force community is a part of it?
1: No, I don't. No, no I, for for one thing, launching way outside of Kabul to get what kind of important person? If you think there's a CIA. Assets agent in it's outside the wire in uh, in Afghanistan. You have not been paying attention to the CIA. That's that they don't have anybody in there. I don't believe. But more importantly, it would be stupid.
0: Yeah, I think you you're. Wrong. Have, I, I think you're wrong about that.
1: I'm, 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 I may well be. I but
0: mean, they, would, they might not be. They might not be very effective. But they've got people. No, I'm,
1: I'm just. I'm just saying that 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 they do not put CIA officers outside the wire. They never have. They never did in Afghanistan. That's half of their problem. That's why the DEA was a problem for them. But let's not argue that. All I'm saying is it's stupid. You have the moral high ground when you're launching out of that airport to go into Kabul in force, and the Taliban are going to step out of your way because they don't have a whole lot of options. They can't really yeah. handle you. Why would you go way to hell on into the uh, the wilds of Afghanistan where you've got nobody and start bringing people out? Um
0: I, I don't know. because, some, because fun- Timmy, Timmy, because somebody tells you to go get this guy. That's why. Oh, no. I, 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 a good, like it. Because I, it's a good idea, Ferry, as we Will talked about. And we've got this capability. And let me tell you, they're a part of it. We don't go anywhere without them. Everybody well, loves those know, guys.
2: Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you, Mac. Except for one like kind of like uh, nagging fact that keeps coming back to me. If we did have the CIA guys in there you know, and the way they, they normally are supposed to operate. And we did have special ops guys still maintain their relationships with the Afghan special forces community. Why was there no fucking everyone was flabbergasted and surprised? There's no evidence that pe- people knew that uh, Abdullah Abdullah was going to turn the goddamn uh, A&A out. That was a total shock. Right. And um, no one was saying these guys are going to turn and the whole thing's going to dissolve. And that's what those CIA guys are. That's what their whole reason to enter is. Right. Right. Well, well, again, I didn't, I didn't say,
0: I didn't say they were any good. I just said, there's, there's, (laughs) you know, we, we have things called HVTs, high value targets, right. That we, you know, that they prosecute that target list. Well, now we would, the the HVTs are all people that we want out. They might be politicians. They might be this, they might be that. I don't know. But again, it's, it's to me, that's what, if they're yeah, there, is the the CIA has if this, there's...
2: these ground branch guys, the CIA has these ground branch guys. Like that's who Johnny Spann was. The first guy to get killed. That's how, uh, Oh, uh, the, uh, the Marine captain who was uh, killed, uh, very well known now. Good guy. Mm-hmm. He got killed in the ground b- branch after Fallujah and stuff. But, um, the, uh, the, the, um, the, the thing about those guys is they're not, they don't operate. It's not American pure. They're always in with uh, people from the host nation, always. And so, uh, the fact that th- no one gave them the word these special these ground branch guys, or if they if they did, um, there's been no word yet that somebody's saying, "Hey, look, we we had definite word that the Afghan army was gonna was and they're gonna they're gonna walk away, you know, and the Taliban was gonna come out of the woodwork. Of course, they're already in there and just uh, be there." And that shit all happened last week, the week before last. So it's like, uh, you know, that's the only because otherwise I'd be. I think you're right.
0: They're uh, in hey, there, hey, you
2: know, but they're not. They're not doing shit. Right
1: you're here. missing an important data point. You're missing <laughs> an important data point, and that is, if they're in there doing this, Biden would tell us. Because he's always told us <laughs> so. Although it's not supposed to know, you're, yeah. not, you're laughing, but I'm telling you, I'm convinced you're not. Well, let you know hear We know. We
0: hear about it as
1: a defense mechanism against their incompetence. We know. I'm not it's trying to the, get political it, here. I'm just being a realist.
0: I'm going to be a realist too. We know it's not the seals either because they would tell you too. It's probably Delta yeah. in there doing something. So anyway, will <clears> you?
3: <throat> <it's> last <throat> quite a, a question I had on operations is where. Where is the Hilo bed-down point, and how much activity is there, right? We went from Chinooks flying back and forth to the embassy a week and a half ago, uh-huh. and Apaches supposedly being used to clear the airfield, and I have not seen a picture of a helicopter in the last week.
2: Yeah, good. Are good. Don't they have a—I thought the Apaches, because I asked that same question, where are they, where their, you know, where are they coming from? And they, they say they're right there on Hkaya, But I, like you say, I haven't seen any footage of, because uh, yeah, that's a thing that news people would put on. Here's a bunch of helicopters, you know, because uh, that would be a concentration of military folks. And again, like Tim says, the place isn't big, and it's thronging now by, with, uh, on the outskirts of uh, people desperate to get out. So, yeah, that's a good question. How are they maintaining all their stuff? Well, my, right.
1: my understanding is they decommissioned the CH forty sixes and clues left, but
3: that's <laughs>
1: rumor control.
3: Well, how about the 47s and the Apaches? Yeah, no, they, they've the got Apaches.
1: they've got facilities at the at the eastern end of that runway, and I think they even have uh, um, at least hard stands, if not a uh, uh, hangar base. I don't know for how many aircraft, and so but they have
3: not Have you seen a picture of an American? I have not. I have last not. Week. I have not.
0: No, I haven't either. I,
3: it It's just been nagging me that, that they were flying last week. And if we put, you know, are we terrified of having a helicopter go down so we're not going to fly them?
0: Um, or they, are they, you know, Jeff was talking about FARPs and things like that. I mean, have we created yeah, a, did, a FARP someplace that when we need them, they, they transit in and then they leave and, and we... We bet them down in a FARP someplace in you know bumfuck Afghanistan.
3: But if they're yeah, in a not. FARP in a FARP, you just created a Fort Apache out there somewhere, right? Yeah, that's
2: what. That's the thing. They bring in a bunch of bladders, and the 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 uh, you know the bulk fuel guys are working their ass off. There's enough secu- There's a security in there, and. Uh, and the whole thing is all about arming and refueling, rearming and refueling. But, yeah, but, but, but uh, bumfuck,
0: that a- Afghanistan has its own safety, right? I mean, yeah, there's nobody, yeah, there's, nobody, the fuck uns- out there.
3: Yeah, yeah, Tim, you should just ask your sources. You know, have they seen a helicopter?
0: Oh,
1: you know what? I'll ask right now. The one guy I'm talking to is bugging me about getting in. Hold on.
3: Anyways. So that, that was just an operational question that I, I don't, it's been nagging me, but it finally came to fruition today. There's something missing here.
0: Got it. Um, let's see. I, I, let me read you Richard Engel's tweets from the, <laughs> from the last day. Um, so I, I'll, I'll, I'm going in order from oldest to newest, um. Uh, what was supposed to be, this is a day ago, what was supposed to be an organized evacuation of foreigners and Afghans who worked with the U.S. and NATO is rapidly becoming a chaotic humanitarian airlift. Next is 19 hours ago from a Qatari official, quote, we are continuing our efforts to evacuate people from Afghanistan. Additional flights are scheduled during the upcoming days. And I, I believe it was, uh, was in gutter that that's where the bottleneck took place, as Will said, as we... And, you know, you, I, you fly over the United States, it's like we couldn't put these, you know, however many thousand people, you know, into a colony in Utah. I mean, for God's sakes, there's nothing but land in this country that's unoccupied. Uh, Richard Engel, again, 19 hours ago, Biden says U.S. in constant contact with the Taliban to get safe passage to the airport. So U.S. asking former enemy, the Taliban, to please allow us to get our people out while they take the country. Remember, yeah. um, the American media, right, is beginning to turn on the Biden administration, something that we have not seen, you know, since they, you know, since the Biden administration, you know, came into power. Uh, and again, 19 hours a- a- ago, an airman involved in the evacuation told me the U.S., quote, put the cart before the horse. He asked why we didn't pull out vulnerable people before pulling out combat troops. When was it stable and easy? And then an hour, right. and an hour an hour ago, he said, U.S. Embassy Kabul tells Americans not to travel to the airport unless they're directed to do so due to potential security threats. So that's Richard Engel, who we followed a little bit. Um, so, um, all right. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to kind of do an orientation around the airport uh, before we get to... Uh, Uh, kind of a general discussion of of the past 24 hours. Um, Tim, Jeff, you want to pull up? I don't know if you can pull up if you're in front of a computer, but you want to pull up Hamid Karzai, International Airport, Kabul International, and then uh, kind of give us an orientation. Uh, Generally from the airport, as we're looking at it, uh, with North being towards the top of my screen, where, where is the U.S. Embassy? And, uh, yeah, and, then, I'm, and then, I'm,
2: uh, that's to me because I, I was only in H K once.
0: Okay. Um,
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll take care of that. So what I've got, I've actually got a map pulled up. That's a Google map <laughs> that's being used. That's being sent to Afghans with routes on it to avoid Taliban checkpoints. So I'm looking right at the airport. Um, let me orient myself. So north, as you approach the airport from the embassy, you're heading south. So the north would the north side would be facing the embassy. The American Embassy is straight down a, 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 a Masood Road, a mile straight shot, one mile to Masood Circle. Behind that circle is the American Embassy compound, and behind that was ISAF, and then the presidential compound, etc. On the on the okay, uh, okay, the hold em- on,
0: hold on. So I'm looking at this at at, at, uh-huh. the, at the at the at the at a Google Map, right? So and what it's showing me is the embassy. Is south east of shit. the airport?
1: Oh, okay. What the hell am I talking about? Then let's see. South north. Oh, oh yeah. No shit. Yeah, north is to the left. God
0: damn. All right. It's awful. All right. Yeah, li- southeast. You're right. All right, Lieutenant. Unfuck yeah, no, yourself. No <laughs> okay. kidding. See the, I know. I'm. Just see right that. This. Oh, see my- the red arrow on the map. Point that towards. No, no red point arrow. that. Thought- point that towards the ceiling.
1: No, I just I I'm just looking at it, and then I had to, I had to remember from driving around. Oh yeah, north. Okay, so we've got north-south running air air uh, um, runway over towards the southeastern part is where NATO and and all the buildup of the airfield is. With the airfield, as you go down Masoud Road, as you as you, you'll you'll the street stops at a traffic circle where the other two roads, the ones running north-south, enter. And from that point on, you've got a gate that's about 400 meters until, until you get to the airport drop-off point. It seems to me that what we saw the first night when we talked about the Marines going through the old, old international arrival building was they were going out to grab that because I, I know exactly where that goes. So they went so we can assume that we have got the airport from a, from about 500 meters off the runway all the way around where the where there was fencing, obviously where there's fencing, we control all that. With most of the refugees, you see packed into the to the uh, north south, southeastern corner um, inside the fence line, away from the Taliban, but not anywhere near the fence to get into the uh, uh, the compound uh, uh, itself. And okay. that's, well, that's I tell right. So hold out.
0: hold on a second. So you see, so on the runway, on what's generally the north side of the runway. Uh that's the airport terminal that is still open. And I've read that we're on the South side of the runway or we're on the airport,
1: airport, airport terminals in the center. As you're looking towards the North side of the runway, you're looking at what, what was a and a, aviation assets. Those are hard stands. That's where all the a and a helicopters and, uh, those uh, fancy prop wing jets. They are
0: All right, so. Uh, so where aircraft. where where are we? the The American military and our and and our allied nations. What part of the airport do we occupy? You, do you have any idea?
1: We occupy the entire airport.
0: We occupy the entire, the entire airport. I thought we secured we the entire, the entire airport. airport, but we we only controlled or occupied half of it. No,
1: no, we're, no, no. we're using half of it in order to screen applicants and what have you. No, the, the, there's the, the civilian, all the airlines running in and out of there are being run out of there by our, our air traffic controllers. There's civilian flights coming and they may well open the civilian terminal, but they've got to get past our cordon uh, of uh, of security forces. But they've they've got that entire runway surrounded. If they didn't, you'd have people running on there all day. No, no, no. We've got that entire airport secured. We may be allowing the civilians to to operate, but they've got to go through our our checkpoints, and our checkpoints are 400 meters from the terminal. They have to be. There's no other way you could put that. I mean, that's where those guys were going in such a hurry.
0: Yeah, no, no. I'm just trying to figure out, um, you know, what part of the airport we occupy.
1: Yeah, um, so uh, southeast.
0: Southeast. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so you're looking towards the southeast. As you see that dense swath of population all the way around that, that's all Pashtun people for whatever the hell that's worth. And um, um, there, it's not a big airport. It's, you know, the runway b- is big enough. But you got to remember that, that the troops in there are mounted in MRAPs and stuff. So they, they've they got the ability to control the entire spot. And they have to. They have to control the fence line where Afghans are going to come through.
0: All right. All right. So uh, I'll post this image of the airport. Uh, you could take a look at it if you want to. It's an aerial Google image. <clears throat> and so kind of kind of. The way that it's being controlled. All right, uh, general discussion about what's going on. The president had a press conference yesterday, uh, and if you if you listen to him, he said, and, and I don't want to make this too political, but he said, you know, things are, you know, going generally as planned, and there wasn't really any good options, and this was not foreseeable, and uh, and so um, the United States is going to get every American who wants to leave out. To his knowledge, people um, who – Americans who wanted to get to the airport were being allowed to get to the airport, uh, which is uh, in conflict with much of what's in (laughs) the media. So uh, general discussion about the last 24 hours.
3: I would say uh, a couple of things of interest to me. Item one, uh, based on the way they've been talking, the White House – has has not gotten to Biden administration 1.1. Biden administration 1.0, compliant press. Biden administration 1.1, press acting like press. So they thought that they could just put out the talking points and everyone would agree. And they haven't evolved yet to where the world is. The second thing of interest is, is that subordinates within the government are openly disagreeing with the president. Okay. So, Kirby, the spokesman for the DOD, had a press conference about an hour or two after the president's, and they were, some things were in direct conflict to what the president said. So, that's of interest. And then, item three, the fact that people noted in what you would call mainstream press that the DOD spokesman and the president were. Maybe not 180 degrees out of phase, but at least 90 degrees out of phase on things. The idea that the press noted that—that's what I mean. We're in Biden administration 1.1, where the press is not compliant lapdogs dogs anymore, and the White House uh, hasn't caught up to that yet. And uh, uh, it, you know, you, you serious people look at things and they disagree, etc. But the When the president's in trouble is when he's being ridiculed across the spectrum. And you can see it everywhere in the Internet today. The ridicule uh, that is the president says things in public that are patently false and his subordinates almost immediately point out. Um, So, well, that's what I get. And
0: for him, historically, that is his Waterloo, if you will, because he gets called out on it, and he doesn't take it very well, right? And that's when he becomes his flippant, snarky self that got him to the bottom of the Democratic polls before his <laughs> m- miraculous recovery, right? I mean, and it, it happened to him miraculous. right in multiple elections. He gets snarky, flippant when they call bullshit on his 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 you know his kind of when he fairy dusts an issue. But as Will, you know, very well points out, they have been allowed that. No tough follow-ups. And, I mean, even in the SecDefs, you know, uh, press conference, you know, that woman says, you didn't answer my question. And and you're sitting there watching that, you know, and you're thinking, well, finally, you know, (laughs) finally somebody's going to ask a hard question and insist that it be answered. And so yeah. it's a very different theater on t- on television, certainly, um, because this is a first that the media is saying, "Yeah, we're not buying it, not buying." Yeah, it.
2: there's like two, there's two main things going on, and the most noticeable things, the things you guys, you and Will, have been talking about, you know, just that the disarray in regards to press relations it, it, with the White House, and to a certain extent with DOD at the top. But I think what else is going on is. The people who are running the evacuation, who have this big steaming turd in both their hands, is General McKenzie and CENTCOM, because they're still operating. And the more stuff that you guys just referenced happens, the more contradictory statements, the more ridiculous walkbacks, the more, you know, the, the more uh, shock at the uh, at the White House and at uh, being questioned by a formerly compliant press, the more that happens, the, the more... Um, CENTCOM folks and the guys involved in this thing are going to ignore the National Command Authority and just go about business, at least hopefully. Because even with, even with, uh, if the White House wasn't doing contradictory statements and not saying stupid things, this thing is highly dangerous just because of the way, you know, they just put off doing anything smart about this. They started to evacuate combat troops. Well, they got thousands of non combatants still in there. All that stuff is still. Uh, a factor. So they're desperately right now trying to fix it as much as they can out there in Sencom, and uh, before a, a horrific event occurs that will define this thing, like in October of '93, defined our whole Somalia uh, experience is defined by that one afternoon Black Hawk down, you know, and uh, or uh, or like everything in Iran is defined by the the 46, the or excuse me, the uh, C-130 and the uh, and the CH or the H-53s hitting into each other. An event like that, a mass casualty type event like that is what they're desperately trying to close this operation before it happens. Because when it does, it will define the whole thing as another failure. Right up there at Little Bighorn and Vietnam and uh, Desert One.
0: And that's the end of my speech. <laughs> B- Bueller? Anybody?
3: Can you hear me? It, yeah, absolutely. And and again, you know, the, <laughs> the, the president. Can you hear the me? Pre- <laughs> the president
2: yeah, yeah. is. The I mean, president, sometimes I'm rattling on. you guys? I don't know, I don't know if I've the president's
3: way out. The president's way out over his skis right now. When he says the Taliban are cooperating, it it only takes no, one. It only takes one volley of 122 rockets to go in there. And uh, if there's a dense crowd and take a couple of hundred casualties and all of a sudden another narrative blows up in your face. And and think what is, you know, I, I love it. Millie, uh, bran- I'm not going to talk about branches and sequels. Yeah, that what, me what, off. Is, what is the branch <clears throat> and sequel to a mass CAS event at the airport? Yeah, well, are we going to gonna go in there and exact retribution, or right. are we going to slink away and say those bad Taliban
0: people? Yeah, they, they, uh, they, you know, we all they wouldn't get they, the wouldn't they wouldn't give us permission. They wouldn't give us permission to do what we wanted. It's
2: like the Germans wouldn't give us permission to get our guys out of best stone. Come on, guys! <laughs> please, please. The um, you know, it's like. Branches we all know from you know, from command and staff and AWS and everything that uh branch is when things go to shit and you gotta fucking come up with another plan because the original one didn't work. Sequel is like an extension of a successful course of action that you did. So it's gonna be branches. There's no there's no sequels. There's nothing but branches out there right now, you
1: know. I uh I can tell you right now that uh, according to my guy oh Toward my guy, uh, many helicopters flying right now in Kabul.
0: Wow.
3: And that's interesting that, that you see no video of that, and so if many helicopters are flying, so if they're U.S., and we've got 10th Mountain at the embassy, does that mean that people are going to the embassy and being picked up a helicopter and then being taken into the airport inside the perimeter? Uh, you know, what, what are they doing? And It just, it's the great unknown. So, you know, maybe some people got their shit together there and are out doing stuff. Uh,
0: But there has been remarkably little imagery, right, to kind of back up what Will says, from the vicinity of the airport of, of exactly that, right? Blackhawks flying or whoever flying, Little Birds flying, whatever's flying, Chinooks flying, Right. Um there's been n- no imagery of that. So the that's amazing. A couple of uh a couple of other headlines. Uh this is from Sky News from that's out of the UK. The UK is in a race against time to help British nationals and support of Afghans flee Afghanistan after the US president indicated rescue missions must be complete within ten days. Um <laughs> and, and so, you know, not only you know, we we talked about you know, uh, a ally nation looking at you and saying, "You're not the boss of me, right? We'll do what we want to do, right? Because we don't have a command structure anymore." Um, and uh, the other story that you see trending, and maybe Timmy could explain this, right? Headline: Over 100 Indian nationals captured by the Taliban in Kabul, right? And so the, uh, you see a whole series of Indians. Right in Afghanistan, and uh, the great concern that Indians have for their own countrymen, but we know that you know kidnapping—it's a business, right? It's not so much a—it's not so much a crime like it's a family organized business. So, um, Timmy, can you explain the Indian thing to us?
1: Sure, can. So the Taliban, as as we know, sponsored, created by and sponsored by the ISI. I, uh, India and Pakistan being uh, mortal enemies, um, in 2006, they had a three-star Indian general there get blown up in his driveway at, at, the, at the embassy across from that old Camp Beggars. They are very hostile to Indians. The P- Indians that are in there are probably computer technicians, the first the first two uh um, phone, cell phone systems that went into Afghanistan were both installed by Indian engineers and they're run by Indian companies. There are tons of Indians who have intermarried with Afghanistans, just like Americans. And there's tons of Indians over there uh, looking for business opportunities because God knows if there's one place in Central Asia that was uh, had surplus dollars circulating, it was a stinking Afghanistan. So they're going to have a significant number of Indians in there, most of whom are educated and professionals.
2: And here's something else too. In
1: spies, in spies too, obviously.
2: Yeah, you can't uh, you can't downplay what Timmy uh, with the stuff Timmy's talking about. If you ask a Pakistani who works for ISI what the greatest danger in Afghanistan is, he'll tell you India. And, exactly. Uh, they both both countries are myopic in the view that they have that what happens in Afghanistan is of vital importance to both of them. I mean, in, in one way to look at the whole conflict is it's because of the animosity between India and Pakistan. And for sure, it's the way they see it. And so those Indians in there, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't give too much money for their uh, for their survival. Or at least they'll be abused for sure. And,
1: and unquestionably in that catch in that our intelligence assets. Without, I mean, that, that's what they do. I mean, that's how things work over there. Go so ahead. that would explain the Indian thing.
2: And attacking more. By. That's all fucking Pakistan. Big terrorist attack that you know. Oh yeah, does, yeah. Like, kills,
0: yeah. I have to tell you that I got a series of messages yesterday about uh, our our conversation a month ago about Bagram, because General Keene was talking about Bagram yesterday on Fox, and he said it makes no sense to give that base up if you think that you're going to have to run this Neo in the foreseeable future. He said, yeah. and he said, look. Um, what, you know, kind of what we said yesterday about, you know, it's going to take too, too many guys to do it. (laughs) He said, then fly them in. Yeah. He's like, what are we on a budget? We're going to do this on the cheap, you know? And he said, um, and he said, look, you know, more, you could, it's, it's more securable. You've got two airstrips, right? And you, you do your thing and then you leave. And uh, and so I got a, a number of e- I got a number of emails about that. But again, I what I don't un- understand about this, and this is a planning thing, and, and I'll ask you guys, you know, and to me these are questions for General Mackenzie. Why didn't you ask for the force that you needed to do this? Yeah. Why are you said- trying? Why are you trying to do this on the cheap or? You know, with with what's currently available, why didn't you say I'm going to need an additional eight thousand troops to do this, 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 and this? Because this, by all predictions, will be the second largest neo that the United States ever runs in history, and right. and if we don't have more ass than we need, right? This is going to turn into a shit show, and I will yeah. not preside over a shit show. This is the this is the force that I need. I, I any thoughts on I, that? I, I,
3: yeah, I think I think that this has been uh, in the NSC deputies and principals meetings multiple times. I, I've been thinking about it a lot. And so, um, you know, how the thing works is the deputies meeting is chaired by the deputy national security advisor and the vice president, uh, the deputy secretary of state, the deputy defense. Hey, whoever's there, can they mute that thing? It's driving me crazy. Um, And Matt, can you just mute them? Um,
0: Yes. Thanks.
3: So, So it's been in the deputies meeting, it's been in the principals meeting, and the principals meeting is when the president sits in the chair and it's a sec def and it's a chairman. And I think I saw a report that said this has been this whole Afghanistan exit has been in those meetings multiple times in the last since the new administration has come in. So I don't doubt what's come out from the principals' meeting is the force cap. Uh, You know, we got Ah. proper bottom up planning that presented multiple scenarios that are briefed in the deputies meeting by the vice chairman of the joint chiefs, and that moves into a principal's meeting. It gets sent out and coordinated amongst State Department Kabul, uh, you know, CENTCOM, uh, et cetera. Then it goes into a principal's meeting. And so this, the more I've thought about it, the more this lies at the feet of General Milley. Because in the end, if the principal's meeting came out and put any kind of constraint on the operation to include force cap uh, or – and force cap would drive one airfield or two airfields, right. then that's all on him. He's the last uniform in the room that says this is – prudence requires this. And if he didn't see the potential branches, uh, General McKenzie doesn't get a vote at that point. You know, it goes into the tank, it comes out of the tank, and Millie is the one that's carrying the water in the principal's meeting at the White House. And it's on him. So that's how that can come about. I, I don't think it comes about because CENCOM, you know, rolled over on something. I think it got to the highest level and they got told what to do.
0: So so Mackenzie, in your opinion, has it handed to him?
3: Yes. I I I sense that plans went up. They went into the tank, which is where the you know the Joint Chiefs. Uh and I sense that those plans got beat up in there, and then I sense that those plans got and again when that plan's getting briefed. At the, at the deputies meeting or the principal's meeting, it ain't like the confirmation brief that you and I are used to. It's much narrower with just the biggest of the blue arrows. And I sense that that's where a force cap got put on it, which, and the only reason they put the force cap on is to limit risk to U.S. uniforms, right? The last thing they want is an MIA POW type of situation, uh, or significant casualties on the way out so that's that's just
2: how, to be cynical just to be cynical about it that's not the only reason. they uh, that's that's not even the main reason is bad press that they have force caps and, yeah. and uh and and I think you know everything you say is right in in ninety nine percent of the uh the historical things we're looking at, but this is different because of the disarray these people have displayed. And uh, the you know the back and forth and everything. That's why I wouldn't be surprised if uh, this thing now has a force of its own. Uh, the force cap is what it is, though. Now they got to live with the, the numbers they got. But as far as folks that uh, are owned by CENTCOM right now, I'm talking the Muse that are over there, you know, Fifth, Fifth Fleet, the you know, other troops that either are you know outside of uh, Afghanistan in a PTDO type status, you know, prepared to deploy order status that. Uh, those will be used as McKenzie sees fit. Otherwise, he's going to own the disaster that may follow, you know. And and uh, and again, this is all conjecture. We really don't know what's going on. We know the disarray that's displayed, and you got it doesn't give you confidence into the rest of the uh, command and control and decision-making ability going on right now.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would it's, – so it's interesting to kind of pull this apart because to me – Look what's the worst thing that can happen all right Well, the worst thing that could happen is that we're overwhelmed and we don't have the forces in position, and we essentially have to yank ourselves out of there because we underestimated the you know the forces required that's the worst thing that happens you know yep. so uh so look um. You know, the way we'd like to do this in a big way is we'd like to own Bagram and we'd like to, you know, make sure the civilians get run out of there, blah, 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 out, out of the international airport. And that leads us to do our humanitarian thing, our neo thing at Bagram. It's going to require this. All right. Get them there. You know, again, if, if 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 as a planner, you have your way. And again, it was interesting to hear General Keene essentially echoing the same sentiment yesterday. Yeah, but again, if you listen to the president, you know this all came out of the blue. That even though people said that 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 you know the Afghan, what was left behind would struggle, and and if it fell, they did not see it falling anytime soon. Which is another, um, which is another interesting thing. But I, again, I and on the planning side, I've been thinking about that in that you would want to you know, be able to go in, in a big way, right fast. And so we would require a lot of staging. And when we decide to go, we're going and we need the ass to be able to do this. And, uh, and it's not going to be, we're not going to be able to do it on the cheap and we're not going to be able to do it on the down low. And so it seems like we've kind of sort of tried to do that. And, uh, and we will see how the, how the events around the Kabul international airport play out. Um, so far, um, and, and the other thing you're seeing uh, more and more of, especially on on social media and, and Twitter's, is, is what I tend to look at when these things happen is is more and more commentary that's essentially saying this: if you believe that this is the new Taliban, you're a fool. You're yeah. you're, you're a fool. They are what they are, and uh, their charm offensive aside right get ready if you're an afghan to pay the price for for all of this and so that's the other thing let's talk about um looking to your crystal ball uh in the next in the next uh i don't know 24 to 72 hours uh are is there anything that you're going to you know keep your eye on timmy oh timmy you're muted, muted. You started pounding on your keys again while Will was talking, and in case you guys don't know, you piss him the fuck off. Uh-oh. Ex-
1: uh, I apologize for that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. Will's pissed off. Oh, no.
3: <laughs> hey, don't piss off old retired
0: people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, my, inst- my, inst- exactly. my instinct is that it's not the first time Jeff's ever said that.
3: And you see, I haven't tuned him up lately. Yeah, The
0: last I, time you well, did
2: it, I made him the piss boy. So, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, uh, he always watches out for me. You know, so I don't fucking fuck with him too much.
0: <laughs> All right. I don't fucking fuck with him too much. You know, um. Yeah, for those of us proficient in and fluent in profanity, that made absolute sense. Just so everybody knows, um, yeah, and it's not a, it's not an odd statement at all. Uh, <clears throat> Timmy, you were going to say,
2: Tim, come he, back. Come to the light.
0: <laughs> he, he muted himself again after. He no, him. you did.
1: You, I unmuted myself. Somebody else muted me on your side. I didn't do.
0: I didn't do it. You
1: guys, you guys are willing this joke way too much. You're having too much fun. <laughs> no. Yeah. It, 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 so, so, um, what I would be looking for, of course, is an increase in throughput. I'd like to see some of the people I wrote wrote for end up someplace that's not Kabul. Um, We'll have to see. But we're at the complete and total mercy of the Taliban right now. The Taliban, if they if if Central Asians were, were good at irony, they can right now say we're putting a 24 hour lockdown on because of covid. We got a big covid thing. We're cutting the cell phones, cutting all the internets. Nobody's going to hear a thing until you give us our share of the covid vaccines, which nobody's given to us. Poor Afghans. And we've got a covid emergency. And what are you going to say about that? that I I mean, they can do that and just drag back. us along forever. So I don't like the position at. we're in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So hold on. So in the next 24 to 72 hours, uh, the things you're looking at are what?
1: No, it's basically getting the three throughput, uh, uh at the airport. And there's a, uh, there is something which has come to my attention. That's impeding that. If, uh, if you want me to go into that now.
0: Yeah. If yeah. Go mm-hmm. ahead.
1: Okay. All right. So I've been on here for three days now, uh, insisting that I've got people at the gate who have the notification from the state department and they're not getting through. And this has been upsetting. I'm not the only one saying this. We know this is a fact that's been reported repeatedly. But then again, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey threw me that warning. He goes, Oh, you know this? And I said, yeah, I know this. So yesterday, as I was typing away talking to these guys, I started noticing that state department notifications popped up rather quickly. And so I go back to my, uh, you know, we're all Opsos, so I've got I've got a spreadsheet. I'm tracking everything, and I realize that under notification, I haven't defined that parameter. It's useless to me. I've got to go back and figure out what time they got notified, so I can start getting some data that's that's meaningful. As in flash the bang, and then I start to pull up all these notifications, and it's the same fucking notification, the same time, the same amount of bars, the same amount of battery. So. I'm telling you right now, all 10,000 of those Afghans out there on their cell phone have that notification. And if you were on the, at nighttime on the, on the gate and you said, everybody who's got a State Department notification to come here, hold up your cell phone, it'd be like the end of a rock concert. Because everybody's got that now. So that's where the slowdown is. There's lots of people with paperwork that's legit, but has not been processed through the U.S. rap system. And they're showing up with these notifications saying, "Hey, I, I got the notification. I'm in." So I apologize for uh, passing bad gosh. I think the two people that were legitimately through the process are in. Everybody else, I've lost contact with, except for one of my guys who's telling me about the helicopters, and he's asking, "How the hell is he going to get in?" And I and I don't know what to tell him because he gave me a bogus notification.
0: Well, you know, so I don't know. But what that is, is to be expected, right? I mean, if there's an opportunity I to should be have known. Right. If there's an opportunity to be exploited, it will be exploited with certainty. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And that goes to the rusty thing that Will talked about a couple episodes ago. We're we're rusty. As as an opso, we've all been opso's. I would have never have done that. I would have always been able to figure out, oh, we don't have undefined parameters. What the hell are you recording it for? Because we were pretty good opso's. So uh, I'm a little bit embarrassed because I've created hopefully not too much anxiety and people hearing them say over and over again, they're not getting in and they're, they've been approved. Not the case. The two that were approved are in and uh, and everybody else is out. And I don't know what's going to happen to them, but they're not approved. And uh, that's so that's a problem for the guys on the ground that they've got to sort through. And and uh, it's a difficult one.
0: Uh, next 24 to 72 hours, Jeffrey, uh, anything you'll be looking at?
2: Yeah. I'm, uh, what well, I mean in a good way, I'm looking at the normalization, increased normalization of the, uh, of the, uh, mechanics of the operation. In other words, people are streaming in and they're being put on planes and it's going smoother only because they're getting better at it, at what's being allowed right now. That's the good, you know, the optimistic. Uh. The other one is <laughs> like what we already talked about, the fact that, there's the Taliban are not, you know, I don't like you said, I totally disagree. There's a new Taliban. I think the the uh, hitting people with sticks, uh, you know, beating up women, all that stuff that's still out there. And that's going to and and they're basically brushing shoulders with uh, U.S. military personnel. It's just a recipe for bad disaster. And I, and I, I had to say, I, I see something like that happening the longer we stay in there. You know.
0: So, would you differentiate a good disaster from a bad disaster, or was that simply you fucking up the English language?
2: Uh, that's me being not <laughs> eloquent, Gary. <again.
0: laughs> got it. Got it. I'm getting
3: better, though. i That's what you do for coffee. getting. Yeah, you get him out of bed early, and he's only <laughs> on his first cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah.
0: I right, I just wanted to clarify that, All right? Will or uh, Anthony, you'll be you're looking at.
3: Uh, item one, we haven't heard any movement on the whole financial situation you know the u.s moved to cut taliban off from uh funds and deposit international banks and there hadn't been anything on that going on Mm -hmm. and that would be intriguing to see where it goes and then why do you um, think why do
0: we why do you think we shot that bow across their nose What, what round
3: across their bow. Oh, look who's talking.
0: Or, or I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make you feel better, Jeff.
3: So we oh, shot oh, that <laughs> <You> <laughs> well,
0: I'm trying to make you feel like you're not an illiterate buffoon. Um, yeah. So I what thought I'd jump in the pool. it's a it wants me.
3: It's a course of action that we can take where we have leverage and we have no risk.
0: Right.
3: right. The only other course of action we can take where we get leverage is we've got significant combat power, but that comes with the risk. Right. Yeah, casualties. So and then the other thing is I I well I think uh you know, having been involved in this stuff, you see you get in the rhythm and, and that's what Jeff's talking about. I don't doubt the guys on the ground are getting a lot better. They're they're getting better at running the checkpoints and people are understanding what good documents look like. So all that stuff is getting better. Um, so bar uh a bad disaster happening. Uh, the only other thing that I would look for is and, and I don't watch this stuff is what comes out on the Sunday shows who from the administration is going to be out there and what are they going to be saying? Uh, because if, if the press has changed in the last week, then these guys on the Sunday shows have got so much stuff to just shove right down their face. The president said this, Secretary Austin said that. The president said this, uh, Kirby said that. The president said, I mean, they've got so much of that, and we'll just see what the administration's line is going to be. And and I think one of the big questions is, the president said we're out of there by the end of August. The president said we're going to stay there to get everyone out. You know, at some point, you got to make a choice. So... That's what I will I, – I will not watch any of that stuff, but I'll see the commentary tomorrow afternoon after all those Sunday shows are over.
0: Yeah, you know, that, that's kind of the thing that, that I've been and, – and I'm particularly focused on the DOD and the poor performance that was turned in by the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman. Uh, they they did not project what I would certainly like to see. And uh, will they make appearances? Um, and, and when is the next time we will see them? You know, the other thing that, the other person I found that's curiously absent from the stage, who generally likes it, is General McKenzie. Uh, he's, you know, he's no shrinking violet when it comes to the media. You know, he's, you know, he's, in my opinion he loves to be out there you know he's a quotable guy and doesn't shy away from it he's we haven't seen him yet so um yeah the DOD, you know has not covered itself in glory and i'm kind of interested to see you know you know if millie's gonna appear on these shows tomorrow or if he and the sect f are going to be safely hidden away and others will carry the ball for the administration so so that and uh and then um the other thing I'm, I'm kind of focused on is there's a, there's a report uh, that I saw a few minutes ago that said it ran on Fox Business News that British special operations forces are rescuing Americans now, and I don't know again I don't know that to be true. The source of that is a former Trump uh, former Marine actually in the that served as a senior aide in the Trump administration. And so now I don't know how much politics is behind that or whatnot, but not a headline if you're involved with the American military that you want to see that the Brits are out there doing the things that we ought to be doing. And so so watching that. If they are. If they are. If
3: they are and it can be validated, that'll be in the British tabloids. Oh. Rapidly.
0: Oh, yeah. There you go. All right. Final thoughts, Timmy?
1: Uh, A couple of things to watch. Just a couple of data points. On May 10th, the minister of finance for uh, Afghanistan quit his post, uh, loaded up his money, fled the country to Dubai. On May 10th, President Ghani put out orders that no nobody is to be a uh, senior administration person was to be granted a pass a visa to leave the country. That was on August 10th before he left. Right after that happened, uh, the foreign minister Atmar went to the embassy to ask for safe passage to the United States because his wife is American. The embassy told them him to have his wife put in an application for him to get out that way that they're not going to they're not going to hook him up. So this is April 10, uh, excuse me, August 10th and 11th all this is happening in the background. And then we go all the way back to last year when I mentioned something that at the time just seemed significant. And that was the newly appointed head of the Revolutionary uh, uh, Guards Quads Force, uh, General Ismail Connie, in January was in Bamiyan talking to the Bamiyan uh, um, uh, provincial government. Uh, keep in mind now. Bamian is Hazara country, Hazaras are Shia, as are Iranians, nobody else in Afghanistan is Shia, and you've got at least one, if not two, Shia brigades who have fought in Syria and remain under arms. That's just something to put out there as one of those things that's interesting, um, you, you know, cause it's, because it's not insignificant, I guess is the best way to put it. And that's... that's uh, that's pretty much it, man. I just hope to see that we are we're able to pick up and
2: get out of there in one piece. But I don't see how.
0: All right, Jeff. Final thought.
2: Yeah, I was. I mean, that is as much detail as Tim. But I was thinking, I was anxious to see how the uh, Abdullah Abdullah Karzai, uh, what their position, you know, evolves into here over the next week, or week and a half or so. It's hard to get uh, right now. The the shiny object is the actual evacuation at the, at the airport, but that's going on too. I mean, this, they just, the government just high So, uh, you know, th- that's what's going on with them. And I, you know, I'd like to see where that's going. And if they're, these guys are going to have positions in the new Taliban government. And like Timmy said, where, where will there be enclaves like that? Hazara one, he mentioned Is Panjshir Valley, another one, you know, that's like the, the, uh, uh, The Northern Alliance 2.0, is that what's going to happen? So that's what I'm kind of interested to see.
0: Let me ask you a question about that. Um, If Abdullah Abdullah gets a prominent position in the Taliban uh, administration of Afghanistan, what does that tell us? That he was on the take the whole time and he delivered the Afghan army to the Taliban?
2: No, I don't think that. I don't think so. I think what it is is it's Taliban 2.0. Taliban was used to be, and Tim will tell you this, almost exclusively Pashtun. You know, basically the the Taliban fighting Northern Alliance was Pashtuns against you know Tajiks and and Hazaras and Uzbeks and so forth. But now, however, they've they've uh, they include all almost all except probably the Hazaras, uh, you know, ethnic uh, groups. So. Uh, yeah, you know, it's different. They're still thugs, but it's more uh, diverse. I hate to use that word. Diversity but... is their strength. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the irony <clears throat> is that will prove that diversity is not a strength. Because diversity will, will, uh, will lead to uh, treachery because the loyalties, the tribal loyalties, are not as strong as they were like in the late 90s and up until 2001.
1: Yeah. And, and with Abdullah Abdullah, tribal loyalties are irrelevant. He's a Kabuli. He's born in Kabul.
2: Yeah, but he's it's, half. He's half.
1: Most people in Kabul
2: are. Yeah, yeah, you're right with him, but
1: right. Most most people in Kabul are a mix of all kinds of different tribes, and that's why everybody outside of Kabul looks at Kabulis as foreigners. Uh, I mean, essentially, but but he he has no following in the pan sure. What what Abdullah Abdullah does is is relatively irrelevant. And I think in his mind, he might think of himself more like uh, the George Washington and us as the Brits. You know, he's not the traitor. He's 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 fighting for Afghanistan. And Americans are not taking, you know, there's a thousand and one ways to interpret that. But the one way that you can't interpret it is he lined his own pocket and went to Dubai to enjoy his vacation home. He's at least didn't do that. Right. Right. Which makes him a good guy. I don't know. Good guy to Afghans. Makes him a,
0: well, let me tell makes you, him
1: a less bad
0: guy. if you believe if you believe that that happened on principle, I've got some oceanfront property in Des Moines that I want to sell you. Right?
1: Yeah, I'm just talking about his what, what he thinks he's doing. I I agree with you. There's not a totalitarian regime in the history of the earth that didn't start out talking about all the things they were doing for the people, which is
0: exactly what we're hearing from the Taliban. So, got it. All So, right. well, final thought.
3: Uh, yeah, you know, uh, you talked about, you haven't heard from General McKenzie. Well, there's been no air in the room, right, when the president and the SecDef, and the chairman are talking. If, if those guys were smart, uh, they would be pushing all this stuff down to SenCon And the president and the chairman and the SecDef and Kirby would never talk about it again. And they'd dump it right in McKenzie's lap and make him be the face and the spokesman for this thing. Um, if they were smart, we'll see. I don't think they're that smart, uh, to get out of this thing now. Uh, and the the other final thought is, wasn't it wonderful when no one knew who the chairman of the joint chiefs was?
0: Yeah, Yeah, no kidding.
3: Right. I mean, think about it. We, we fought a war for 20 years and you could ask the average American on the street, who's the chairman of the joint chiefs and no one would have any idea who it was or what it was. And I'm not saying a whole lot of people know now, but, you know, you've seen some of the ridicule that's been pointed at the chairman, that he's well earned. Isn't that horrible?
2: Yes. And now the only person who doesn't know who the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is, is the president, or at least he can't remember his name. (laughs) Yeah.
3: I mean, it's really it's it's a sad commentary on where we are.
0: Let me let me ask you guys each uh, for one word answer, yes or no. If Joe Dunford's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of stop, does this thing look different? Tim? Yes. Will? Yes. Joe? Yeah. <laughs>
1: he would have never let it bog him go. Not in a million years. That stupidity you can't get past. We said it in July. We're like, the Nostradamus stuff is intimidating, I know. But we Nostradamus that shit a, a month before it even happened.
0: Well, I do call myself the Socrates of the lowest hanging ripest fruit. Okay, just for the record. Um, yeah, if you can't get
1: that—that's how obvious Spagrum was. You're right. That's how obvious that mistake was.
0: And I have to—I have to give Will, um, you know, kudos for uh, motivating a number of people with his comment. I would go anywhere in the world with the Marine Rifle Company.
2: Oh, I like
0: that. Yeah. Oh, well. well. Some
2: rifle companies are, some rifle companies are different than the other ones. <laughs> the one he had was real good. The one he had.
0: Yeah. Oh no, to, uh, there was a lot of people looking to reenlist when Will said that. I heard from. <laughs> I heard from him. Motivated the shit out of me. I almost jumped out of my chair. I'd go anywhere with the Marine Rifle Company. And well, uh, the
3: thing is, it's a statement of the obvious, at least to us four.
0: Well, so you you, go you, to, you might okay. be the Seneca, you might be the Seneca of the low-hanging ripe fruit. Then, well, congratulations.
2: You, you, you shouldn't go to. You can go anywhere at the Marine Rifle Company, but you shouldn't take him to Natuno, Italy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> anywhere in harm's way, but not on Liberty. I remember getting out.
3: To a yeah, I'm not going to Longoport
0: with him. Either. No, I'll go into the center of Ramadi with him. And I remember one night going up with Paul Kennedy going down to the police station in uh, in Ramadi. He calls me, and he goes, hey, do you want an AI raid tonight? I'm like, sure. And so he goes, all right, I'll send somebody over to get you. So I don't know, at about 10 o'clock at night, we're going down to the police station uh, in downtown Ramadi, uh, down route Michigan from Hurricane Point. And, um, and so we get, you know, and I pile in, right, to, to a vehicle, and they're like, hey, sir, you've got this sector, have your rifle here, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, got it. And I'm, because I'm just tagging along. So we stop about a half mile from the police station, we dismount, and now we're going to move on foot. So I, I look at the sergeant, the squad leader, and uh, we dis, you know, we get out of the vehicles, and he says, all right, forming up, we're heading that way. If they fuck with us, they die. And everybody's like, got it. And we start moving. So he He winds up next to me. He goes, you good, sir? I said, yeah, I got a question. Why do we dismount a half mile before? He said, well, they know we're coming, so we'll probably get ambushed, right? And so I remember thinking distinctly, we could go to Moscow tonight with these fuckers, right? They're the best. Yeah. They're the best. Clear-eyed, not afraid, head in the game, you know, and you just see them in action like that and we'll – I think personified that with his comment. It's intoxicating when you're with them and you see, you know, how good they are. And uh, but, well, yeah, you fired up a lot of people with that shit, man. Nice going.
3: Yeah, I do. What I do. (laughs) (laughs)
0: it's what I do right before I make him the piss boy the um right. on that note boys thanks for the uh, effort Uh, I will be in touch um, and uh, hopefully everything goes well and we'll do this again on Monday Um, I fly back early tomorrow morning my flight leaves a direct flight from BWI to John Wayne Airport in Santa Ana leaving at 625 arriving at 1030 how about that? Not bad. There
1: you go. Always nice fine west.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so anyway, thanks for the visit. We'll talk again tomorrow, or, no, or pro- hopefully Monday.
2: Yep, see you guys. Have, Have a mind. good weekend, bro. Safe good. travel. See you.
0: That'll do it on this Saturday. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, don't be afraid to send them to radio at gmail.com and we'll be happy to entertain them. Um, yeah, you can send your thoughts there as well. I'd love to hear from you. And as I said, if things go pretty normal, We'll do this again on Monday. If things don't go normal, we will do this again tomorrow. So, um, thanks for listening. Have a great day. I'm Mike McNamara. Broadcasting from Annapolis, Maryland for the last time. And headed home to go see my dogs, Jack and Joe. And uh, after being gone for, I don't know, 10 days, something like that. So... Excited to do that tomorrow. Anyway, have a great day. And uh, keep uh, those that are participating in operations in Afghanistan in your thoughts and prayers. They'll certainly need those. Same thing with their families. And uh, I'm Mike McNamara. This is All Mean Radio. Have a great day. I'm out.